0: The Grizzden Podcast 2021 Offseason is presented by Walker Financial Management. John Morant is an NBA superstar in the engine of the Grizzlies offense, but he would be the first to tell you it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the court. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear lots of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable, and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by, by visiting www walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. Again, that's www.walkerfm.com Watch.
1: Watch. Don't you see- Welcome to another off-season edition of the Grizz Den Pod. I'm Will, and I'm joined by Ty Smith Sr., draft expert, draft extraordinaire. Not hyperbole at all. And Brantley Davidson is also here. I have not studied the draft at all. He's but gonna I'm be, here. He's going to be watching the end of this playoff game, and he's going to be listening, and he's going to interject if he has any questions that he hears. Um, but, I'm the voice of the fan of the pod today. <laughs> that's That's what it is. All right. So basically the format for this is there's a lot of mock drafts out there. The Grizzlies have the 17th pick in the first round. That's what we're really going to be focused on here. They have a – the 51st pick in the, pick in the second round. Second round is always a crapshoot. Okay, the Grizzlies the last two years have really used second round picks to move up to the first round, or they've taken guys that are very early in the second round. Um, 51 isn't quite early enough for us to have um, super strong opinions on guys that low. Plus, the roster situation is such that there's not a very high likelihood that we will even have that guy in the second round, on our roster. Of course, that could change, but we're working with the 17th pick for the purposes of this conversation. Ty has a guy that he wants to talk about. I got, I got. I have two that I want to talk about, and we've done actual um, research on these three players. There's a lot of mocks that have these three players going. I know, at least from mine, that I have to talk about as high as the top 10 and as low as 20 to 25-ish. And so we're talking about a wide range. The Grizzlies, of course, always have the opportunity with some extra first-round picks in the future to potentially move up if they have a guy that they want. But 17 is kind of a great spot right in the middle in a a really good draft. Um, So Ty, let's see. Um, let me talk about my first guy and then we'll kick it over to you. And then I'll end it out with my kind of wild card. The first guy I want to talk about is Kai Jones out of Texas. Okay. We, in our last podcast talked about the Grizzlies team needs. We talked about a secondary playmaker. We needed shooting size on the perimeter and a Jaron Jackson, Jr. I guess insurance with some rebounding. Kai Jones is a guy That you're going to be drafting because of his upside. And that's upside in the sense of if you have any worry about Jaron Jackson Jr., Kai Jones is a guy that can come in and be insurance for that. Um, He's also a guy, to me, that if you are hoping to have one system that you use for offense and defense, he's a guy that can come in and back up Jaron um, in almost a duplicate way. So let me talk a little bit about Kai Jones his measurables. He's a sophomore 20 years old out of Texas, he's six foot ten, has a seven1 wingspan weighs about 220. Let's talk about offensive strengths. Um, I'll start off in transition. If you watch video on him, he sprints down the floor in transition, always sprinting. He's a lob threat. Texas ran a lot of out of timeout plays that involve him catching an alley-oop, flushing it down. He also has a surprisingly really good handle for a big guy in the open floor. It's really fun to watch him bring the ball up if you were to get the rebound and go coast-to-coast. Under the basket, he is a guy that can elevate off of two feet in traffic. He's super athletic. He loves offensive rebounding. He wins a lot of 50-50 balls, uh, especially in offensive rebounding scenario due to his size and athleticism. Uh, one trait that I know that y'all are going to love to hear is he shoots 39% from three. Most of that is catch and shoot, but also that's mostly what Jaron is as well. And granted, most of these guys come out of college are on a low volume just due to the season. So, of course, with more volume, that could change, but pretty nice to have a guy who can shoot 39% from three. Finally, for offensive strengths, versatility is huge. He played four and five in college. I think he could play the four against some of the bigger teams, um, in the NBA, even the three sometimes, um, he's used to playing out on the perimeter, which really lends itself to NBA basketball, and he can read whether to cut or stay home, which playing with John Morant is really important. Defensive strengths, he's a great shot blocker. He moves his feet on defense. He's long enough to block or affect shots without fouling, which would be really refreshing after watching Jaron the last few years. He has also, if you want to look up, a couple of really awesome highlights guarding Cade Cunningham uh, and shutting him down. He does a nice job closing out on three-point shooters. He has a high-level of switchability, really quick hands. Let's talk about, though, areas of improvement because, again, I told you he's a high upside guy. His experience, he actually started playing basketball when he was only 15. So he's only been playing for like five years. And um, so,
0: Which is kind of like Giannis.
1: So yeah, he's like, uh, <laughs> sort of like Giannis. I love that comparison. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Cool. We'll say he's the next Giannis. I, I've done my research. <laughs> okay, areas of improvement as well. Uh, defensive IQ. He misses some rotations. A lot of that is due to just his lack of experience playing basketball. But he sometimes he, he really tries to front the post every once in a while. A smart offensive player will take advantage of that. They'll just call for the ball a little closer to the basket if he fronts way too soon. Sometimes he avoids contact to keep from fouling, so that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum as, as Jaron. And then he goes for a lot of home run type steals where he would just be open for and to get a dunk. So he goes for those a little too often. Shooting, he um, for pull-up threes, he tends to lack a little bit of arc on those. He needs to work on his shots off the dribble. He's more, mostly a catch-and-shoot guy, as I mentioned. He tends to fade away often when he doesn't need to. He, I'm very interested to see what his percentages will be at a higher volume because, as I mentioned, he doesn't have a huge volume right now. He relies a lot on the pump fake, uh, would like to get that habit down. And and as far as just his strength, he's he has a slighter frame. It's not too slight, but it definitely affects his finishing ability and defensive rebounding, especially when he gets to the league. So Kai Jones, to me, if, he, if you go and watch his highlights, I would tend to think that he has some of the best – high end highlights of any guy in this draft. Um and I've seen him in mocks going as low as as 17 or even 18 or 19 um and as high as the top 10. So he's definitely a guy with a big uh range of of how he could perform in the NBA. So Kai Jones is the guy that I'm kind of watching for.
0: Yeah. Um So the Ringers mock draft has him going 16 to OKC, the Athletic uh their mock draft also has him going 16 uh to OKC biggest thing yeah that i've i've looked at and that you've already mentioned is just this is like the home run swing totally the ceiling is the highest the floor is also probably the lowest this guy could be like a freak of nature in 5 years he could also be potentially out of the league in 5 years um Kind of risky for a Grizz team to take a guy like this, uh, but also people would argue that this is the year to do it because totally. this is the year that we will still be picking in the teens. You know, if everything projects forward, we will be in the twenties because we'll be a perennial playoff team moving forward. So, if you're ever going to take a swing, this is the year to do it. Um, so I get it. Like physically, he's as like special as it gets. Um, the his guy runs the floor. Really, the the
1: the the aspect of his game that can you really yes. Hope if translates. he can
0: just hit a standstill catch and shoot three, a lot of things can open up for him. But watching him run the floor, the dude just looks like a gazelle. Like it's it's the Giannis, as Brantley said. Like three strides and he's at the rim. Um, cra- like just freakishly athletic. Yep. And he shot close to 70% from the free throw line. Also yep. really big. Great time. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Uh, I don't think he's going to be there at 17. Um, who's to say we can't move up a few spots if we really like him? It's really risky moving up for a guy with such a high variance. Um, but if he falls to us and we pick him, 100%, I'd be into that for sure. All right, Ty, who's your guy? Trey... Murphy, the third. If Trey didn't tell you that he was a third, then I just reiterated it. So this guy, late, 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 bloomer. Um, the word is he was five, six height when he was a freshman in high school. He's now six, nine. That's unbelievable. He grew a foot in like four years, which is just absurd. Um, prototypical three and D guy. Um, shot forty three and a half percent from three this year at Virginia. He spent his first two collegiate seasons at Rice University, which is somewhere in Texas. Um, because he, I think he was six four as a freshman at Rice, and grew five inches to six nine um, by the time he was a sophomore. And UVA was like, "Hey, come play with us." So, um, he was initially going to redshirt at UVA. And then they started like summer practice and he was quoted to saying like, yo, I'm like one of the best players out here. So let's just forego that red shirt and let me go ahead and play this year. And he did. Um, just a shooter extraordinaire, crazy long. Like I said, 6'9", over plus seven feet wingspan. Um, a lot of the current NBA comps that have been thrown out for him is Mikel Bridges, for Phoenix, and if you're if you've been watching the playoffs, you see the value that he adds. Um, I'll just kind of throw out some stats. So I tweeted today from you know my burner um, <laughs> some pretty interesting stuff about uh, Trey Murphy. Um, so I will say another thing: he's he's projected as like a late first round pick, so seventeen might be a reach for a guy like him. Even though apparently he's been racing up some draft boards. Um, from his like off-season workouts, from his combine workouts, um, so he this is per 100 possessions, which is kind of what I like to look at, and I'll compare him to a few players um, that I that I like as comps for him. So this past year, he averaged 25 points. Again, that sounds like a lot. Virginia plays at one of the slowest paces in the entire NCAA. They literally walk it up the floor every possession. Um so not a, not a lot of possessions to go around but per 100 he averaged 25 points. Check this out on 50 43 93 shooting splits. He was one of a very handful of players to go 50 40 90 from the collegiate level. Corey Kispert is another one that shot that and you if you followed any kind of draft stuff, you see the hype that Kispert has gotten. Trey Murphy is arguably just as good as shooter. Is also like two years younger and is also like two inches taller, and potentially higher upside to go. He's just not as a household name because he didn't play for Gonzaga, which is understandable. Um, can absolutely stroke it. One thing I also wanted to mention: his offensive rating at UVA this past year um, was 130, which is crazy. Also, his defensive rating it was 102 which means he was like a plus 27 on the year, which is really impressive. Um, His pros are standstill shooting. I think he was above 50% from three on catch-and-shoot threes, and if you're playing with Ja Morant, you're getting a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. He can switch, realistically defend one through three, maybe even some smaller fours. Really good perimeter defender. Really long, crazy athletic as well. Just a guy that fits the mold that the Grizzlies are looking for. Who can hit an open shot, who can hit an open three, and also who can defend on the perimeter with some size. Shooting with size, which is what we've talked about. And this guy's got it. Um, UVA system, again, is kind of hard to gauge. So DeAndre Hunter is another guy I was looking for. I'm going to try to find um, his stats from UVA, which are pretty interesting to compare. Um, again, if you push come to shove, you can just look at the Twitter. Actually, I can't find her right now, so maybe you'll just have to revert to Twitter. Look at the Twitter. Um, but I laid it all out there for you. But that's my guy. Um, another thing I thought of, so Houston has picks 23 and 24. We have 17. I have no idea what that would look like trading back if Houston wanted 17 and we got 23 and 24. We could pick up a guy like Trey Murphy and potentially another self-creator, a guy like Trey Mann, which I'm not going to go into. Um He's just a really, really interesting prospect that has kind of shot up some draft boards recently. Kind of a lower name, not like not a sexy guy, per se, but just if you were tailor-making a guy to fit in the modern NBA, especially next to a creator in Ja, this guy just, he's got Grizzlies written all over it.
1: Yeah, he's super efficient, which you like to see, and um, also the fact that, I, I trust a lot of the
0: Virginia guys as well. Just great head on their shoulders. So yeah. we'll say the Athletic has him going 23rd in their mock draft to Houston. Um, Again, that means absolutely nothing. Uh, as we saw last year, there were some guys going way higher than we thought they were and guys dropping, hence Desmond Bain, going a lot lower than we thought they would. But I think the Grizzlies are kind of in an interesting spot where at 17, you're looking for upside potentially, but you're also looking for a guy that you know that can stick. And 17 is like, you know, right outside the lottery is kind of an interesting spot to be because if you know you can find a guy that can play 10 years in the league, like why would you not take that guy? Uh, But also, there are some interesting names that potentially may fall because of weird freshman years, like some blue-chip recruits like Zaire Williams from Stanford is another guy that, you know, projected easily in the top ten before the college season started. He had a really rough year at Stanford, shot the ball really poorly. Stanford had a lot of weird stuff with COVID. They weren't able to practice, which is really strange. They only played a handful of games. He He only played a handful of games. Um, if he were to fall, that's your like super upside swing. I don't know if he'd be there at 17. That's who both the Athletic and the Ringer mock drafts have, a, has, have us taking is Zaire. Um, so we'll see there, but I think Trey Murphy makes sense for sure.
1: I love it, Ty. All right, the final player that we're going to profile in this podcast is one that I have referenced in our text thread as the Michael Porter Jr. of this draft meaning for whatever reason, he's going to drop a lot lower, and you're going to have a team who's going to come in and they're going to draft him, maybe not for this year, but for later years. That's Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Ooh. So you might have heard of Jalen Johnson because he opted out of the Duke season after a foot injury as well as some other – Just they had to do some weird stuff to the schedule because of COVID – and he only ended up playing 13 games for Duke. He also, the year before, like his, his last full season of basketball was his junior year of high school. Um, there are some red flags there, you could say, both injury-wise as well as maybe um, attitude-wise. But I think it's worth the risk. Um, he's a freshman, age, or was a freshman last year, age 19. He's 6'8". Uh 6'11 wingspan, weighing 210. Offensive strengths, his athleticism. He loves to play in the open floor. He loves to finish above the rim. The one word I would use to describe his game is smooth. It's just very smooth. It's not rushed, but it's also not slow. It's just smooth. He's a great finisher. He's handled he handles contact well on drives. He loves going left, even though he's right-handed. He has this patented move that I've seen a lot where he'll drive left. He'll make, he'll create some contact with a defender. He'll fade away and and shoot it like a two-handed jumper right off the glass. Maybe get a foul call as well, which I like to see. He has a lot of defensive versatility too. He's switchable, like super active defender. He reminds me a lot of Kyle Anderson in that way. He averaged 4.5 stocks per 40 minutes, which is steals plus blocks. This he's his defense, which I love, could be his best attribute. I think on the floor. Great with angles. He either he's smart. He can either he either funnels a guy um, to spots on the floor where he knows he has a better defender, or he cuts off drives using angles. If he doesn't have help, he's quick enough to play off guys, but he can also contest jumpers, which is really important in the NBA for guys like let's say Trey Young. If you were to guard Trey Young, you want to play off him because Trey Young can play make, but he can also shoot. And uh, Jalen is long enough and quick enough to get there. He's a competent post-defender. If he ever gets in that position, he has quick hands, like I said. The attribute I really love about him is his playmaking. He loves to rebound and run. He makes great reads in the open floor. He stays in control. I mentioned his his just he's very smooth. Great IQ on when to advance the ball in transition versus keep it and make a play later. Great vision on drives. Um, if he gets in the paint, he has really great vision for like cross court passes, which could benefit guys like Grayson Allen and D'Anthony Melton, really good passer into the post. And he has some upside as a pick and roll ball handlers or pick and roll ball handler areas of improvement, shooting consistency. He was eight from 18 on the year from three, which is a ridiculously low sample. I understand. Granted he shot eight for 18, so that's pretty good. Um, he's most effective as a catch and shoot guy with John Morant in your offense. You can live with that. He has a slightly slower shot than you would want. And that's something I think he would work on in the NBA and he needs to work on his release off the dribble. Um, half court offense is another area of improvement. He was the guy at Duke on offense, which I think, um, was the basically resulted in a lot of one-on-one. I don't think he's going to be that guy in the NBA, um, his best role is probably a creator slash slasher slash finisher in the flow of an offense. So I'm not as worried about that specific area. Burst is another area of improvement. He needs to separate a little bit more when he is one-on-one. I think this also could have to do with his foot injury that he sustained, but he should be good now. And finally, as I mentioned at the top, just the situational concerns. He's he's a guy that you're um, has been projected really high and maybe just because of the um, weird Situations he's found himself in in the past couple of years, he's he's going a little bit lower, but he's a guy to me who's your really young, more athletic Kyle replacement as Kyle gets a little bit older, and it will f- slot into that three guard role with his long wingspan. He's super tall um, and can fit really well, I think, next to John Morant because he can shoot threes and play make. So where is he falling in mocks? He is. Very wide range. All over. I mean, he is top 10 or he's down to even like low
0: teens. The Athletic. Are. Yeah. The Athletic has him going 21 or 20s. Yeah. To the Knicks. The Ringer has him going 11 to Charlotte. Um, right. It's but crazy. The, the Athletic literally says his range. This is the quote It wouldn't be a stunner to hear his name called anywhere from lottery to late first round. Um, So he could easily fall to us another blue chipper before college started. He was like definitely a top 10 pick, had a really weird year left high school early too. So a lot of, a lot of people are like, "Mm, why did he leave so early? Why didn't he stick with it? Um, Jonathan Kaminga is getting some of that stuff too. He left high school or like his, he changed high schools a lot. Apparently Jalen Johnson changed a few high schools too. Um, a lot of people are maybe knocking him for bailing on Duke when he did. He basically was just like was like, "I'm out for the year. I'm going to just prepare for the draft." Who knows? Um, he fits the bill as your modern NBA wing. Uh, long, crazy athlete, good playmaker, great handle. shots not great. Maybe you could develop it. It's not terrible though, like you said, low volume. he shot okay. Um, yeah, I mean he's he would be a swing. Yep, uh, I just want to see sure. him as
1: as, I mean, I'm I'm positive most of these guys have been kind of the guy on their team growing up, and he's a guy that I'd love to see not necessarily with that burden on his shoulders. All right, I want to end this podcast by giving you my big board for top ten, real quick, and just get your immediate reactions to it. Um, I
0: can't wait to hear your number one. All
1: right, because you framed it as like a a shocking pick. It is, and I'll start at number one. I have Jalen Suggs at number
0: one. Listen,
1: he is the guy that I trust more than anybody else in this whole crop of players. He showed it to me. Um, Grant Baylor shot the lights out in that championship game. Suggs was injured, didn't play up to par. I also think he got zero help from guys like Corey Kispert, who I'm, by the way, out on. Yeah. Um, I too, by the way. He is a the more senior thought about it. coming out of college. Not only does he have the age working against him, he, um, let's just put it diplomatically, doesn't have a lot of athleticism. And then he also, to me, showed that he is not like, granted, you can't judge everything off of one game, but I just didn't love how he played late in the tournament. Um, even though he's a catch-and-shoot guy, I, I just wouldn't pick him, to be honest. Um, but Jalen Suggs, I just thought he was the most pro-ready, and he's also super young um Cade is number two I mean he's number one in, I would say 90% of draft boards and I wouldn't necessarily disagree if you decided to take him number one I just think Suggs has started to um drop to like three or four unnecessarily and I just don't see why people are forgetting how incredible he was he can literally he's like a Chris Paul type to me like controls a game um completely and I trust him um, three, I have Evan Mobley, just the raw talent, and I, I do believe that the shooting is what separates him. Four, I have Jalen Green. Five, I have Kaminga. A lot of people are starting to like doubt Kaminga, but I actually, in watching his videos, really love his game. I think he has a lot to bring, a lot of upside. Number six, I've got Ty's guy, Scotty Barnes. My God. He is like a Draymond
0: waiting to happen. Best player in the draft in five years, just no doubt in my mind. He's just the guy. Scotty Scorching Barnes take, gonna be, but he's going to be phenomenal. Not unrealistic because
1: he, you will love watching Scotty Barnes if you go up because look up his videos. So that's number six. Number seven on my big board, I have Kai Jones because I just think that his game is actually going to translate, and that he's going to be one of those guys who, despite his um, limitations and, and downside is going to actually push through. That's obviously probably the most hot take I would say on the board, having him at seven. Eight, Davion Mitchell. I just loved what I saw from him his last year and also his shooting ability. He reminds me a lot of a healthy Kimball Walker in that respect who can also defend like a Pat Beverly. Um, so those two players combined is what you're getting at Davion Mitchell. Number nine, probably my favorite player to watch, Alperin Singun. You need to go watch this guy immediately if you haven't. Um, he is like a, a Jokic-type passer who has all the different post moves you would ever want out of a guy. The one thing he's lacking is Jokic's shooting. Um, if he can extend the range to, let's say, like a Sabonis high post on the elbow or something like that, then uh, I really think that he could be an incredible player. I have him at number nine. And finally, to round at to the top ten, Moses Moody. I think people are sleeping on Moses Moody. He can shoot, and he's a large wing. He's just exactly what you want in a modern-day small forward in the NBA. So that's my top ten. Um, honorable mention, I have Jalen Johnson, who we talked about. Chris, du- Chris Duarte
0: from Oregon. Duarte. Duarte. Another guy from, yeah, that Yeah, he'll be 23 entering the draft. Old guy. Don't
1: don't be surprised if the Grizzlies
0: take this guy. This dude can stroke. He fits the profile of
1: the older, more established guy who can come in immediately and help you. And then last two, Franz Wagner. Wagner, I think is what it is. Uh, He is a playmaking guy um, from Michigan. Older brother, Moritz Wagner. Um, But he's a little bit better. Makes a lot of really good decisions on the floor. His His, brother's the worst. His brother's just... (laughs) The worst. I can't um, get his brother out of my head. He's not super athletic, but he's athletic enough to hang. And then finally, the last guy, James Booknight, yes, who can just score. Yep. So if that, he's a guy who's also similar to Jalen Johnson. I see. I've seen him everywhere on people's boards. Um. So that's my top ten with the four honorable mentions. Um. So we're on the record of who we like in this draft now. Um, we'll see who the Grizzlies take. I would honestly be surprised, unless there's a trade that happens, I'd be surprised if the Grizzlies didn't take one of the guys that we've mentioned tonight because we've mentioned probably like 15. <laughs> yeah, we've so, mentioned you know, <laughs> Pretty good odds. Um, But, Ty, any, any final thoughts heading into the draft?
0: No, just draft. Draft Trey Murphy. <laughs> Let's get this ball rolling. <laughs>
1: Uh, I love it. Well, for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us. This has been another edition of the Gristin Pod. We will talk to you very soon.